introduction so what is up world john shoot here another puff creative podcast today i have the pleasure of being with elena dorsey elena how are you doing today i'm doing well i'm enjoying life <laughs> that's good i know that you uh had some big responsibilities before the podcast so i appreciate you, you taking the time to chat with us and be with us today oh uh, it's all good i can be my full self instead of classroom self <laughs> exactly <laughs> alternate personalities <laughs> um elena you uh we've been kind of chatting back and forth through emails about marketing um i felt it was cool and important to have you on my podcast because we're, we're starting to make this transition into our second season uh into being more marketing focused and marketing advice focused marketing educational focused uh and you being a marketer uh, i've looked at your work and it's awesome uh, we've also learned that we've worked on the Doty uh, Blunts project together. Uh, you've helped yeah. them with their website copy, uh, their branding copy, branding messaging. Um, and that's, you know, former NFL player Marshawn Lynch's brand. So that's really, really cool. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you, what in the Faded Lane is your, your brand, your marketing uh, brand. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what that is specifically. Yeah, so I've been doing transitioning, I guess, as what happens in the cannabis industry and yep. entrepreneurship. But Faded Lane is a visual story studio. So I've prior to my transition, I was what was my business name? That's awful. I was formerly going under Bud Biz Creative and I was focused mainly on content marketing, specifically doing blog writing. Then I got to doing essentially social media strategy and social media management and content creation. And then that kind of developed into, what has it developed into? I feel like there was another thing in between all of this, but yeah, mostly doing copywriting and creative strategy in the content marketing, a bit of branding realm. Mm -hmm. And since I have a longer history as an illustrator, I want more art in the cannabis industry. So Faded yeah. Lane, I'm producing uh, packaging illustration, merch illustration, and murals, but I'm still a creative strategist at the end of the day. So coming into the industry with art, but from a strategic business and brand building perspective. Which is which is like the most important stage for any for any brand. So I mean, I've seen your work with Dodie. I've seen the work on your website as well. Super impressive. Um, I've seen your visual work as well. Um, you have your own unique style and flair that you bring to the table, I feel like, um, that I haven't really seen in the industry before. So I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, of course. Um, Kind of want to learn a little bit more about your story. I know before I pressed record, you mentioned you, you're currently in 
Baltimore, Maryland. Um, is that where is that is that where you grew up and where you're from? Yeah, I was born, raised in Baltimore. Went to college, 50 minutes from Baltimore at University of Maryland College Park. So mm-hmm. I've get I don't know what the term is for a person who's just been living in the same place, but it I've traveled a lot. But yeah, nice. Um, so why I'm intrigued by where people are from is because, you know, we're both in the cannabis industry. I'm actually from New Jersey. Um, so we both grew up in, you know, non-legal states. Um, when did, you know, if you don't mind me asking, you can totally say no, but when did the cannabis kind of enter the picture and like, what was that relationship like? Oh man, there are, there's nothing I won't give you information about unless it pisses me off. And that doesn't okay. piss me off, but we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we'll totally not try to piss you off on this podcast. That's for sure. (laughs) That's always ideal. Um, So I actually just started smoking in, I think when I was 28. So back 2017, maybe 2016 is when I, I think 2016 actually was when I first started smoking. Um, I grew up in a, relatively conservative household, but I mean, it's mainly my mom works for the federal government. So my parents are kind of grooming me to get a federal government job. So from like, yeah, so like from the age of, I don't know, maybe the beginning of high school, I'm like 14 or 15. I'm kind of already aware of the protocol with you want a federal government job, you can't smoke at all. Um, Especially because you need to get the security clearance. So I never interacted with cannabis at all because that just like in, in your in your family's you know culture like just that's not what we do yeah <laughs> and it, it's not like it's a stig it's not that there's a uh, there's not necessarily a stigma because my mom said that it's back professionally in the day, related sounds like yeah it's like back in the day my parents used to grow and sell so <laughs> it's it's not that the family's like ah cannabis is just professional reasons why and it's just it was never really in my environment even totally. when I went to college I was never I don't think I was ever exposed to it oddly and I went to college park um and then when I graduated college my thing was mainly because the friends I used to have would ask me for piss because they needed to pass the test or somebody else needs to pass the test. So that's why I was just like, I'm not going to smoke. I've totally, I've totally yeah. asked for pee plenty of times. So I wish <laughs> so, I had your number. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't give anybody my piss. I'm just like, well, I don't like y'all that much. So tough nuts. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just from that point. I didn't bother with cannabis at all. Cause I'm like, I was kind of job hopping. So I'm like, well, this just, makes it so I don't have to look for pee. So for the most part, up until I got my last full-time job back in 2015, 2016 is when I started smoking because the guy I was in a relationship with shared with me. So I'm like, oh, well, I got a stable job who's that's founded by millennials. They smoke. So I think I'll be all right. And I only smoked his shit. I didn't touch mine. I didn't have my own. I didn't buy or anything. I am like, what did I use? I'm like a sweet summer child of cannabis because most of, pretty much all my experience (laughs) comes from the legal side 
of smoking. For sure. That's a great way to put it. I love that. <laughs> a sweet summer child of cannabis. Wow. Throw a little gonna, Game of Thrones reference. We're going to have to put that in the episode description somewhere. <laughs> it's really interesting. So that, that's, that's cool. And then so was it kind of a love at first sight type of experience or was it because um, it seems like it's still in your life in a way? Yeah. So at the time I was just smoking, like I said, my ex's shit and it would just be like, oh, we're hanging out. All right. I'll smoke. Or we'd hang with his friends. It's like, all right, we're passing blunt around. I hit it. Cool. But I wasn't really pressed to, I guess, have my own up until I had like a really bad depressive episode. And I'm like, that weed stuff made me feel really good. So then I ended up going to my ex and I'm like, hey, can you, could you roll me a joint? And then that's why I kind of like had my own to smoke. And once 2018 rolled around my, I, I have general, I have general, generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah. So because of that, that got really exacerbated in like 2018. And that's when I started because I didn't want to get involved with medication and whatnot. And because I had the experience of that immediate relief and the euphoria, that's when I actually started going down the path of originally I was just buying CBD because I didn't know how to buy anything off the street. My ex's best friend sold, but I didn't like him. So I bought from him once and that was like it. And then that's why I became a medical patient in December 2018 in Maryland and pretty much I became like a daily consumer because I was smoking in the morning and I'd meditate and it was kind of like getting me familiar with what was causing what was kind of like the root issues of the mental illnesses that I was dealing with. Wow that's beautiful that you chose a natural alternative to help yourself. Yeah. It's awesome. I did not know this is where the story was going to go. This is crazy. I love it. I always love asking that question because I feel like everyone has such a unique story behind it, you know. Um, as a creative, do you find, um, as a creative and a summer child of cannabis, <laughs> do you find that it helps with um, the creative side of what you do? Um, so I would say not not directly in that it gives me ideas, at least when we're talking creatively for drawing and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'd say that I feel like cannabis does turn you into like an endless generator of ideas, but then it's like, it's all my, right, I gotta it's, my, it's my weakness. Yeah, it's like, I actually gotta do this <laughs> shit. So it's like, I've been learning- I have too many ideas. I look down, <laughs> but uh, the, I guess as far as like a therapeutic aspect with, I've had internal struggles about my creativity, like being an artist. Like it's yeah. not, I haven't even been comfortable calling myself an artist until this year because I don't even know why it was so loaded for me, but the cannabis like helping me to face those parts of myself as well as like psychedelic trips and whatnot. But it's been, helping me to really sit with, I guess, not, I haven't really felt my emotions. I kind of, I was one of those intellectualizing my emotions 
with not not really realizing it. So it kind of made me sit with what was keeping me from wanting to work on art every day, work on my projects, because it was such an honestly an anxiety inducing experience. So the canvas did help as far as like I said, dealing with the root of even what, denying what was causing yeah yeah it was causing that kind of creative block that's really cool wow very interesting i love your story um okay and then so kind of leading into you know when we first were talking about um you've kind of pivoted and are taking this new direction um anything that you're currently working on or can you can you talk about that a little bit more because for me um mm. I feel like what you do is just so important for brands, you know, because messaging, everything revolves around it from a marketing perspective, you know, from a, you know, the visual, uh, the long-term conceptual, you know, when you're thinking about uh, advertising spend or something like that, like how are you infusing the brand terminology with the campaign terminology? Um, but how, how do you feel about that? Do you agree? Like, um. I can't, I feel like I can't disagree because honestly, when it comes to marketing, uh, it, it may or may not be good for people to hear, but I've been winging it because I've been learning this as, as I've been going along. Like I went to college for Japanese language and culture. I didn't go to school for marketing or business and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I've just been learning all this over the past three, four years. And when you get into ad spend campaigns and whatnot, I think Doty might be the biggest company that I've worked with or just um, like the co-founder Jeff and his company, uh, Abacus, mm -hmm. he, he's more, he, has a, he has a mature company where those kinds of aspects of having those departments like advertising, branding, marketing mm -hmm. is established. And I've been working with people who are pretty much starting out and they don't have that they don't even have they don't even have in the budget to have a marketing department mm -hmm. yeah i think so yeah i think you actually hit it right on the dot without realizing it so um my role in the Doty project is we're tying together all the new designs and elements of the packaging the sales mm -hmm. books things like that so i'm actually my team is using your terminology throughout those things and we're infusing it with like the current things that are going on um so you know, if that's your biggest client and like, you know, yeah, Jeff, you know, and Jeff works for like award-winning agency advocates, you know, we're, we're partnered up with them in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's really, really cool that you have that as a portfolio item because both of our big agencies use your work to bring this brand of a celebrity to life. Um, so I think it is really, really important. And I think what you do, um, if you're able to do something like that for a brand like Doty, in my mind, you know, you helping out brands that are just starting up, like that's awesome that they have you, you know? Well, that you say that, that's essentially, so I'm, cause you start out with like what I'm currently working on. So mm -hmm. I'm yeah. working. Yeah, I'm working, ADD, I'm all over the place, sorry. <laughs> it's cool because it all kind of like melts together. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's all valuable, but the, so currently, <laughs> The client that I have now is a Maryland, it's an independent Maryland dispensary called Peak Relief. So like it's founded yeah. by a group of friends. They had to pull money from their family and friends to get the license and everything. So working with them, I'm basically kind of supplementing 
Or I'm essentially a contract because they don't have a marketing department. It's just the director, there is a marketing coordinator, and then there's me. And we're currently working on actually fleshing out a brand strategy for them. And as they're rolling out, like now they're doing, or they've been doing like print on demand shirts of their, of their logo. And then they have these illustrations that they got for uh, 420. And so I've been working with them because they, they just don't have a brand strategy really at all to help flesh out what their places in Maryland's industry and actually making a real connection with the patients here because yeah. they're making an inauthentic connection. It's, you know, again, it, it comes down to their messaging. The messaging yeah. is like, the, that, connect, that connection is the most important thing for a dispensary. You yeah, know? and I feel like they're trying to communicate. They're trying to communicate that they care about the community, but it's not coming out in a way that the community really mm -hmm. believes it. Because some people have accused them of being performative. Yeah, that's I a that's like the most. I feel like that's maybe the most important point that you, like when you're communicating marketing and messaging to the to anyone. Um, you have to be super careful about how you, the community perceives that messaging. Um, I see that get lost a lot. So that's yeah. awesome that you're doing that and recognize that. Because like the main thing is the messaging or just marketing, branding in general, it's, it's a consistency thing. It's people, it's having multiple touch points for people to interact with your brand and have a good experience but it has to be, I mean, I feel like I'm being redundant, but it has to be consistent. No, and every time they, yeah, every time they interact with you, they're getting the same experience. Whereas I don't think they, yeah, they, it's not even a thing. They're, they haven't been doing it well. Yeah. So, um, That's like really cool. Yeah, I think even just community, like communication and messaging is like itself one, like, huge aspect of projects that people like don't necessarily think about especially when it's like you know you just do the initial branding and things um and that messaging and then you know you should reconsider like a whole session and like whole mm -hmm. you know formal deliverable of how you're going to communicate with community itself outside of just the normal brand messaging too um and creating that alignment so it's beautiful um how I wanted to maybe end this is just, do you have any advice for, um, you know, young marketers out there, people just kind of, you know, in, in your position, in my position, just trying to make it happen? <sighs> what, what would be the best advice? Would you say in, well, I guess your list is mainly in the cannabis industry. Um, uh, definitely. For yeah, maybe just, market. yeah, cannabis or just marketing in general, really. So, I mean, I guess it would apply to anybody. Definitely, for, like I said, for me, I didn't go to school for marketing. My, mm -hmm. my learning has been, it's been paid training <laughs> to work with the variety of companies that I started out with. So for like young marketers, especially, it's, you can read all the books in the world, but what matters is the experience, especially for me, it's not gonna stick until I do it. So the best <laughs> experimental playground is working with small businesses and working with like your local businesses, because especially they have smaller budgets. But for me, the offset is 
if you're going to pay me less, that means I have more control and that I'm going to have more that I'm willing to, I'm basically going to experiment with how I'm helping you with your marketing because you're not paying me enough to tell me what to do and you don't know what you're doing. And most of the time they're, yeah, exactly. They're not even doing it the right way yeah. or, you know, or doing anything. <laughs> so your, your experimental effort is going to help them regardless and benefit you kind of at the same time. Exactly. That's really cool. That's awesome advice. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I've like, I have like an expectation of like, I don't know why I never do this, but like, I like think things are going to go one way and you're, and you're like advice and like answers like so much better than what I even think it's going to be, which is awesome. Um, cool. I guess, you know, I guess we'll end on that. Um, where's the best place for people to find you um, right now? So the best place, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for faded lane, I'm, I'm trying to break up with Instagram. I'm, I'm on the fence. It's not going to happen. Instagram. It'll never happen. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried for the past 10 years. Like <laughs> I, so Instagram, Instagram, I do prefer a clubhouse because I like talking to humans. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's good for business and Twitter. I'm not breaking up with Twitter, but we're on a break right now. But it happens. Oh, <laughs> a little happens. depressing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about um? I'll plug I'll plug in your LinkedIn and your Clubhouse and your website link into the podcast so people can find you. And um, Elena, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs>